Digital Marketing Radio, episode 253. How to build an engaged community. Digital Marketing Radio with David Bain. Hi, I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio, the podcast and YouTube show for in-house agency and entrepreneurial marketers who want to stay on top of the latest tools, tactics and trends as shared by today's modern marketing masters. Now, have you ever wondered what it takes to build a highly engaged community? To build a group of like-minded souls who are passionate about similar things and who trust you to hold everything together. Today on episode 253 of Digital Marketing Radio, I'm joined by a man who's done just that. Five years ago, he founded a really, really nice place for the marketers of the world to come together to listen, learn, meet and share knowledge. And that place now has a community of over 24,000 members. Welcome to DMR, the founder of the marketing meetup, Joe Glover. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was amazing. What an incredible introduction. <laughs> and that's the end of the show now. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was great. I am pumped for this now. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's great to have you on, Joe. You know, we, um, we're not broadcasting live, but uh, I like to produce shows <laughs> as if I'm broadcasting live. So when I do, then I'm comfortable doing that kind of thing as well. So I'm glad you think it's a good start. Hopefully you think it's a good middle and end as well. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So um, uh, obviously I mentioned that you founded the marketing meetup, but what did you want to achieve by starting the marketing meetup? Um, at its core, the marketing meetup is, is a safe place for people to come together, to, to learn, connect, build confidence and do it with kindness. Um, my story starts five years ago because I was a solo marketer uh, working in a small company. I was terrified of meeting, meeting other people. You know, I was terrified of networking events. So really the only objective at the beginning of the marketing meetup was to create that place where I could go, where I could feel safe, where I wouldn't have to be treated like a budget or a job title. I could come in and, and say, hey, you know, and, and, and be me. And people will go, oh, hi, you know, and ask questions. And, and that felt good and safe. So really, right at the beginning, there, there was no crazy objective. It was just, let's create a place which feels nice and good. And really, that that's how the marketing meetup has grown for the past five years. I mean, if if you were to ask about our profit and loss statement and, and stuff like that, I, I probably wouldn't know an awful lot about it because honestly, the thing that matters the most is that we've created this space which feels good. And uh, yeah, so so really, when we started, that 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 was certainly how we how we began. So you mentioned the word kindness. I was going to ask you how you mm. came up with your style, your communication style. It's very friendly as well. Is it just a style that you would have wanted to receive yourself as a marketer? So you're you're writing for yourself? 100%. Yeah, there's, there's nothing too contrived about it. I, th I think, so most of our marketing emails, the stuff that goes out to the community, the stuff that goes out via LinkedIn, I post far too much on LinkedIn. And it's mostly written communication as well, because that's stuff that I'm, I'm far more comfortable with, generally mm. speaking. Yeah, I love your email uh, follow-ups to, 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 to different webinars you do. <laughs> just, just incredible quality there. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Well, you know, it literally takes, it doesn't take long at all. That's the secret, actually. You know, like I'll write it and then it's done, hugely speaking. And and that's because it's written from the heart. It's written from my brain, you know, and then it's it's out there, you know, and, and it's me. Um, so I know that we spend a lot of time as marketers sort of telling people to come up with these messages, which is like match it to your audience expectation and stuff like that. In, in my very specific set of circumstances, I just wrote from the heart and I'm really lucky that people have chosen to engage with it over the course of time and indeed enjoy it. Um, 
and and for me that also speaks to something which is uh, the freedom of of sitting in the middle of the community and sort of saying you know what we're going to be doing this thing and you know come along for the ride if you want to but it's also okay if you don't want to you know and and, and having that pride that sense of purpose and and uh, that clarity on you know this is what we stand for and having a comfort with with that level of uh, slightly obnoxious copywriting, but in the best way possible. <laughs> I think it's great. It's also obviously from someone that's grown up natively in digital and in social media as well, and it's very comfortable being real. I think maybe traditional mm. meetups are a little bit about someone else to a group and very mm. much presentation rather than interactive. Do you, do you think that's fair? Uh, that's such a good point. So a couple of points there. So the first is that social media. So social media was actually my gateway drug into marketing. Like that was the place where I started out. I actually thought marketing was social media. Um, so I'm 29 now. So like mm -hmm. Facebook was like quite prevalent when I was at uni and like, of course my 17 year old sister's going to be rolling her eyes at me posting on Facebook. Cause that's really old school now, you know, but whatever, but like, I definitely grew up in that era of copywriting and that sort of era of sharing and then sort of being quite comfortable in sharing mm. with a lot of people. So I think that's, that's, that's really spot on. The second point though, that you touched on, which is absolutely crucial when it comes to this conversation about community is that it's not just a broadcast. The whole purpose of community is that it's there to create interaction and not just interaction from a central point to other people, but for other people to interact with each other in this amazing sort of spider's web of a network that sort of exists beyond, you know, just the group itself. The greatest buzz that I get really now is I see the Facebook group and people are asking questions and helping them each other without me being involved anymore. Mm. <laughs> you know, I don't need to prompt that anymore. And that speaks to the true sphere of community. So um, if we're going to sort of give takeaways and, and sort of like tactical advice for folks, if they're looking to build their own community, then optimize to give people that platform to discuss and chat beyond just, uh, beyond just a broadcast, because that's really not what it is. It's a, it's a group collaborative effort. And even me just sat here speaking with you today, I'm just a representative of our community, you know, I'm part of it. But if people didn't turn up, if the speakers didn't turn up, if the sponsors didn't sponsor, mm. it wouldn't exist. And it needs every one of those pillars to come together for this to be something special. So, you know, it, it's a complete group effort um, and, and certainly not a broadcast. How, how long did it take before people started interacting with each other and you could almost be a little bit more hands off in the Facebook group approach? So it depends. In the context of the Facebook group, um, that took a little bit longer. Um, but the Facebook group didn't exist in the first instance. How we started was actually in-person events, uh, if you remember those from way back when. <laughs> and uh, and so it, in, in that situation, it was actually quite a natural uh, scenario for people to network beyond sort of me telling them to network because that was kind of the point why people were coming. So that was instantaneous, but that also meant that it was built into the culture, you know, that people were coming there to meet one another. It's one of the main mm -hmm. purposes of the marketing meetup. However, to answer your question more directly, in the Facebook group, it did take a little bit longer. It took a little bit of, you know, sort of posting, um, you know, these these sort of, you know, prompting questions and, and stuff like that to get people to engage. Um, I, I would probably say it's measured in, uh, months rather than years. Um, I don't have a precise thing for you, but it also depends on the effort that you put mm. into it. Before we went live, we were speaking about like how 
the marketing po- marketing meetup podcast is like a really great resource and stuff like that sure. but it's simply a uh, a rip from the webinars that we run you know it's not a specific mm. thing and uh i think the truth here is that i know that the podcast could fly more if i wanted to, it to fly but it would be equal to the effort that i put into it and that's the same for the facebook group here um you know the second i started putting more effort into it the second i started being more engaged was also the moment that more folks started engaging with it you know so um i think there isn't an answer my experience is that the more you do the more you get back um so that's probably the best advice I can give there. You touched upon or you used the words profit and loss and not really knowing <laughs> what that would look like. Yeah. Is there a business model behind having a community? And you know, perhaps you don't have one yourself, but perhaps you could actually mm-hmm. offer some advice for another business that's perhaps thinking of, of creating a community and, and how that would tie into their overall marketing model. Sure. So uh, the thing to say up front here is that the currency of community isn't just finance. The currency of community is opportunity. Um, And opportunity comes in many, many forms. Uh, Be that opportunity for yourself as a company or be that as an opportunity for your members. Uh, And you need to be doing both. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't deny that if you're going to be doing it in a corporate context, you're going to be wanting to get, be wanting to get something back. But the way you get something back is by creating opportunity for your members. Um, In my experience, the marketing meetup, so I very rarely said I need to caveat all of this by saying that the best piece of advice I ever got from my dad was don't give advice. So Mm -hmm. I share experience and opinions. So that that's what I do. And like my experience and my opinion is that you can't go into a a community building exercise with financial goals in mind, uh, because that's the second that the switch flips and all of a sudden, you know, it becomes a financially optimized uh, exercise. And if it becomes a financially optimized exercise, you're not optimizing for the one thing that matters in in community, and that's humanity. So you have to go in, in the first instance, looking to help people in the most meaningful way. And that's an input. You know, you put as much love as you can into this community uh, and eventually you get it back. I I understand that. And and I, 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 to a certain degree, I I do agree with that as well. But (laughs) (laughs) what about... An in-house marketer who has to justify mm-hmm. to his or her CEO of why they're doing certain things, why they're spending so much time on certain things. Mm-hmm. How, mm-hmm. how is it possible to answer that kind of question? Well, ROI comes in all different forms, right? You know, and, mm. and, and there's, there's, you know, today I sit in the middle of a community of 25,000 marketers with a, a mailing list of, of whatever it is, you know, with a social following or whatever. Um, and that's been built on an input of optimizing for humanity. Mm. And when you're going in as a, as a junior marketer and sort of saying, hey, boss, I'd like to do this, this thing, then there's a few ways you can make an argument, a marketing argument. The first is you argue on the numbers. But so often that's like complete rubbish because you, you're looking retrospectively. You're looking at numbers that have happened, and particularly in the world that we live in right now, then this world doesn't exist, you know, two uh, two years ago. So how can your numbers be relevant as they were, you know, two years mm. ago? So so you can't argue for numbers necessarily. So then the second one is you argue f- for logic, you know. So hey, boss, I'd like to walk in and I would like to run this community thing, and it seems logical because X Y Z. Well, you know, they they may buy into that. 
The thirdly, if you can't argue numbers or logic, then you might argue example. And they say, hey, look, there's this community out there uh, and they're doing a really good job. And you know what? They seem to have a really special place in the heart of people, in the, in the heart of the community, mm. of the marketing community. I think that we can do something special right there. So, you know, maybe that's another way to argue it. And if you can't argue the, the numbers, the logic or the example, then you can argue, argue the magic, which is, you know what? I feel like it's going to make sense. It's probably a good thing to do. There's no way I can prove this to you, but give me some time. And you know what? It may work. It may not. But you know what? I think it's the right thing to do. And they may turn around. They may say no, but they may say yes. And if they say, if they say yes, then this is what, <laughs> this is the experience that I've had. It's never really been about a commercial thing. Now I accept that, you know, people will always want a commercial return on things and, and, the encouragement that I would give is to look beyond just a, a point of finance because ROI is not just about finance. You know, it could be an awareness-based goal. So for example, uh, we've got this amount of people in the community and they're engaging with our stuff. You could also say it's consideration stuff. So, you know, what we're building our newsletter list, that's going to be insanely valuable. Yeah. Uh, and I can speak about how the marketing meetup would have died without the marketing, without our list, you know, in 2020 because of COVID. Um, so your newsletter list is insanely valuable. That's, that's certainly about... on my list of, of, of things to, <laughs> to, to get to, <laughs> um, to, nice. to, to, to talk about COVID, because obviously that has changed the way that's, that marketing and that, that meetups are done significantly. Um, I, I mean, I like your answer there. I think there has to be a certain percentage of feel involved with marketing and that it's not all facts and figures. And if you're just looking at facts and figures, then perhaps you're limiting yourself to just a certain type of marketing, maybe a last mm -hmm. click, maybe a, a close to sale decision type advert rather than yeah. actually top of funnel uh, approach. So mm -hmm. you've got to blend it, maybe say to your boss, look, give me X percentage to work on feel mm -hmm. and I'll focus X percentage on something that I actually give you a hard fact and figure for as well. But I mean, just before we get to, I guess, how you've coped over the last year or so and how perhaps you've changed your your style of operating a community, um, going back to when you started, uh, you're obviously doing a lot of face-to-face -face meetups. How did that get started and how did you actually fuel that growth initially? Um, so it got started by uh, finding a venue in Cambridge, which is a canteen in Cambridge, uh, asking Redgate Software if I could use their canteen, finding two speakers, putting on a buffet, and then putting people on meetup.com. Uh, I think at the same time, I actually started a, a Cambridge All Abilities Welcome football meetup. Um, and, and so part of the reason why the marketing meetup exists is that I really wanted to make the most of my meetup.com subscription. So <laughs> I started two groups. I was interested in football and I was interested in marketing. And, and, uh, and after a few weeks, then there was a hundred members in, in the, um, in the marketing group. So I thought I better do something about this. Um, so, so that was literally how it started. And, and, you know, 30, 40, 50 people came to the first event, um, and I thought, well, I better carry on then. And, and so I did, <laughs> you know, and, and um, the truth of the matter is that the marketing meetup grew through word of mouth. Um, and we did stuff to encourage that. So the first thing was simply to ask. The last thing we asked at every event was, if you enjoyed this, would you mind telling someone else? Uh, it's a simple ask, but the power of actually making that ask is something that's radically underestimated people won't do things if you don't ask them to so um 
So that was the first thing that we did. The second thing we also did was encourage word of mouth through um, little sort of, I guess you could consider them campaigns or, or stunts. Um, things like handing out business cards to every person who came to the marketing meetup, two business mm-hmm. cards, in fact, uh, saying, I think you will really, 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 really like this. And then encouraging people to give those business cards to two other people. Um, and that was our attempt at exponential growth. But you know what? The next event, we had double the amount of people there. So that seemed to go okay. Wow. Um, and then... The other thing that is really, really important to say is that I didn't do it by myself. So um, over the course of time, I was running this event in Cambridge and I started getting people come up to me and say, um, this event that you're doing in a canteen in Cambridge, well, I really like it. And you know what? I want to do it closer to my house because I'm driving from Bedford or Birmingham to come to this canteen on the Tuesday night. Um and so that was Nick in Bedford and James in, in Birmingham. And and so we grew out the community uh, initially based on geography, on, on places where people were willing to run events close to their house. We got to the place at the beginning of 2020 where we had 13 locations around the UK and we just started in New York as well. So we had 140 events planned for that year, wow. um, about Fifty of which I would have been running myself, and the remainder would have been run by volunteers and and people getting involved with the community, just because it felt like the right thing to do. So it sounds like you've been just mega successful. That <laughs> um, you've, you've started a meetup. It's it's grown fairly quickly. Thirty or forty people to an initial meetup is 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 incredible. Certainly, because I've been to several meetups with a lot less people than that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Please tell please tell me that there was one less successful thing that you've done. So maybe, do you have an example <laughs> of, of of some something that you've tried to do to keep people engaged and you've maybe tested, but but you wouldn't do again? Uh, they they all seem like the fun ones, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I don't know, we, we've done stupid stuff. Like, we rickrolled the entire database just because it seemed fun, you know. And, <laughs> and, and we uh, we got, you know, remember when COVID hit and, you know, everyone was doing those silly, like, we're there for you messages. And, like, mm-hmm. so we got Sean Paul to do ours just on the Cameo video because that would be fun, you know. And, and like, to be honest... I've no idea whether they've been successful or not because I never really measured it all that much. I, I just thought if I'm having a nice time, you, look, you winced there. Look, no, you I winced, winced but because because I'm just <laughs> I'm just still picturing this poor old marketing manager justifying things to his uh, CEO. Well, going. No, well, yeah, of course. So, like, let's 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 help the the audience, right? You know, and, mm. and let's be let's be real here, and, and you know, I, I just. The reality is that marketing managers sat in a large corp right now. Um, I've had the freedom to do these things because it's the community that I've grown. But the other reality is that if you're sat in an organization, um, any marketer worth their salt is going to realize that not every activity is going to have an ROI associated with it. And the place that you need to get to is trust you know, trust from the seniors, trust from the team around you to say, you know what, I know that, you know what, I know David's really good and he's got this gut instinct that this thing is going to work. We've no idea if it's going to, but you know what, it's going to cost 80 quid. If that's going to cost 80 quid, then you know what, we'll give it a go. <laughs> and and so, you know, I, I, I feel like 
you you earn trust over the course of time through doing good work and that's probably the other half that we're speaking about that's probably the source of your wince right there <laughs> is is you know this this roi data driven uh marketing which is based on you know hard facts and figures and, and stuff like that yeah but the reality is here we're speaking about community we're speaking about not a marketing tactic we're speaking about a human experience and so if you're trying to force this sort of metric driven uh sort of blunt tool into something that is actually fundamentally wrapped in emotion then it feels like the wrong way to approach things and and so that's why i'm really really passionate and i'm not i'm actually being quite willfully naive willfully ignorant on on the marketing conversation here because i've got a fundamental belief that that's not how you grow a community i mean I've, i'm wincing partly because <laughs> i was that marketing manager in a large organization that struggled to yeah. justify why i wanted to do certain things and inside yeah. i was going trust me i know what i'm doing it's the right thing to do <laughs> but figuring out yeah. how to justify why i was thinking that way was quite a bit of a challenge and i i, I, mm -hmm. I think that um I, I think that you're right and that I, I think leaders are probably better now at understanding that marketers have to be intuitive and creative to a certain degree as well. But um, th there's a fine line between doing that and not being able to justify anything. And I, I guess you, cool. ideally you need to be able to do both. Absolutely. So, you know, the questions that you may be asking to your bosses, you know, um, why is community important to us? You know, you know, you and I have sat down and said, you know what, this is going to be a topic that's going to be really important for us for the rest of the year. So why is it going to be really important for us? You know, and they may come back and say, well, you know, we just want people to be aware of our thing, mm. you know, and, 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 and so you go, okay, great. Well, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try and get a bunch of people to be aware of our thing. But in the process of that, then I'm going to have to do a bunch of stuff that means that shows that we're not just, you know, like some random brand with someone who really cares, you know, so this is the theory according to Joe, you know, feel free to uh, ignore it. But I think that if a brand is going to build a community, they have to show that they really care. So uh, in the process of making people really aware, I'm going to have to do a bunch of stuff and we're going to have to figure it out uh, to, to see whether we can make people aware. If, you know, you could then ask your boss, you know, is, they may turn around and say, you know what, we're really, really bothered about the newsletter this year. And, and, and in that case, you know, you turn around and say, well, okay, you know what, they're going to have to be in our community first. So we're going to have to make it a really fun, enticing, good place to be in. We're going to have to make it a place where people want to be. You know what, we're going to have to make it so, so good that they're then going to want to give us their details as well, you know, because they want to stay involved. And, and that's, you know, that's not a conversation where you're like, oh, you know what, we're going to get this scalpel, <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, you know, make this really surgical. It's, it's, uh, it, it works both ways. So you've got, you got to optimise for the customer the customer experience, if we want to put a horrible marketing term on it. I to tell you, there's so many rabbit holes or additional threads <laughs> that you've thrown out there that I could grab onto, but I, I just want to quickly go down the COVID thread before we move on to the next section. So, so how sure. did what you intended to do change uh, post COVID and, and how well did you adapt? How much did you have to do? So it's been, we've been really lucky, you know, we've, we've been really lucky. It's been a really uh, positive year after a really, really terrible situation. And, and, and like, 
the first thing that needs to be said is that not one of us wishes this happened. Um, so, you know, in that case, you know, it's almost a given, but I think it needs to be appreciated because the thing that follows on from that is saying that um, the past year has been good for the marketing meetup. Um, so if we're looking at pure metrics, then the community's gone from 11,000 to over 25,000. Um, our guests have gone from uh, meatheads like me to people like Rory Sutherland and Mark Ritson and the global head of marketing for the Olympic Games. We've gone from hosting, you know, 50 people to six, 700 every week. Um, so it, it's been a, a crazy year. Um, as I said earlier, we'd, we'd planned 140 in-person events for last year. So like that was big and I'd been working for four years really, really hard to get to that point. And, and so had the other volunteers and organizers. And so when we had to cancel those in a moment, then um, it was March the 13th, then I, uh, I felt really sad and actually spent four days, you know, just sat at my computer clicking, not really sure why, not really doing anything that, um, of any, of any substance. Um, and that was hard. That was really, really hard. Um, but I think in that moment you sort of have a choice, don't you? You, you can, you can start to feel sorry for yourself or you can do something about it and, and, so I decided to do something about it. And my mum sort of said that I channeled my granddad a bit in, in, in a way and decided to be a little bit confident. And um, so I spent an, uh, a weekend emailing the most well-known marketers that I knew and saying, you know what, everyone's a little bit scared right now, but hopefully we can provide a sense of normality. And, mm. uh, you know, we can do this together. And they said, yes. So, you know, we had the likes of, as I say, Mark Ritson, come on, who's, you know, in my eyes, the king of marketing at the moment. Yep, <laughs> he's, yep. he's, you know, and, and Rory and, and um, you know, uh, Margaret Malloy, who's this most amazing uh, marketer for Siegel and Gale over in New York. And all of a sudden these people were being um, exposed to new audiences, but we were providing something for a greater community too. Um, and, and we were sort of freed from the shackles of geographic, uh, dependence as well. So you go on any marketing meetup webinar each week now, and, and you get people from South Africa, Greece, Australia, Macedonia, Russia, you know, wherever sort of turn up and, and all within the spirit and the, the, the ideals of, of the marketing meetup sort of ethos. Uh, but there they are as well. And we never would have been able to reach those before. Um, so there's been a couple of advantages. I would say that something that I desperately miss and, you know, sort of when I'm having a low day or, and I do, um, one thing I do miss is, is sort of getting the buzz of, of seeing lots of people and, and sort of hugging people. You know, I, I like a good hug. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, I miss I miss all that. Um, and so I would say that if we speak about the marketing meetup, educating and connecting marketers with kindness, I think we've nailed the education bit. I think we've nailed the kindness bit, but one thing I would love to do more of, or I think has been room for improvement over this past year is the connection bit. 
And we've done that to a certain extent through the Zoom chat feature, through the Facebook group and stuff like that. But um, the reality is that there are moments where it's just nice to see people in person too. So it's been a hell of a year. Um, one that I'm glad I'm glad in the context of the marketing meetup world happened, uh, especially because i got a three-month-old daughter at home now. So, you know, it, it wouldn't be doing for me to be traveling three, four days a week to random events around the country. Um, so I'm glad that's happened and it's given us an opportunity to also uh, review what else we can do for the community as well. So like we revamped the uh, the website, we've got a rebrand done. Uh, the webinars have been going great. Uh, we've added um, a bunch of stuff. We just launched our subscription that would never have happened before. Uh, we're going to be launching a jobs board soon. And, and, and like we've suddenly shifted from, you know, a very specific events sort of place to a sort of a, a more holistic uh, marketing opportunities place where people could come together and, and sort of get what they need, which has been great. Oh, you're doing a wonderful job. You know, keep up the wonderful work. And um, <laughs> thank you. That's um, the segue to part two of our yeah. discussion. So it's now time for Joe's thoughts on the state of digital marketing today. So starting off with secret software. So Joe, share a lesser known Martech tool that's bringing you a lot of value at the moment and why that tool is important for you. <laughs> well, so it, it's interesting in a, in a Martech sort of world. So I've literally in the past weekend just been playing with uh, Data Studio. And I know that it's probably quite well known, Google Data Studio, but there are a few, despite my brazenness about sort of metrics <laughs> and stuff like that, there's a few things that we look at, um, and increasingly so uh, with the community. So things that are going to be important for the growth of the marketing meetup, just as a health check to make sure that we're doing okay, is one is about profitability, so we can make sure that we can survive. Um, so that's that's important, and and it's not an operation optimized for finance by any way, but. Um, in fact, I'm sure most people would say it's a terrible business, um, but that's that's one. Uh, the second is our newsletter, which we run from ConvertKit, and I've been very impressed with ConvertKit. We moved from Mailchimp to ConvertKit, and uh, been really pleased with that. Uh, and then the third is the Marketing Meetup Plus, which I built on a combination of Divi and MemberPress. Um, and so Divi is what we built the website on. I've been really pleased with it. I know that there's quite a lot of like snootiness maybe within the uh, the website development community who who would probably say that it's not a particularly great uh, website building kit. For me, mm -hmm. it's worked perfectly, so I'm perfectly happy. Uh, and MemberPress, it seems like a perfectly robust uh, membership platform as well. So I've been getting my head around that as well. Um, the last thing on MemberPress is that, particularly in this world of people building a lot of subscription sites and, and stuff like that, um, certainly if you're looking to integrate with WordPress, then that seems to be the best one um, after spending a lot of time researching it. Um, it doesn't seem to be a topic that a lot of people cover either. So, um, so yeah, I'd definitely recommend that. That's great. Uh, a lot of great recommendations there as well. It's funny, you, you mentioned Divi and you're not sure whether it's actually a, a professional um, WordPress <laughs> um, um, development opportunity. I mean, I, I actually use Elementor, so a very similar right. th theme builder. Um, and and yeah. they've, they've come on so much over the last even three years or so. It, it used to be quite tough to actually change a... WordPress site yourself, if, unless you 
new code well yourself but but you yeah. can, anyone can do it now. <laughs> yeah 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 and, and likewise I've, I've been really really pleased i remember when i first started my marketing career uh, i had a job which was built a site built in html so i'm really really good at editing html now but um you you got one thing wrong one line one line and the whole site broke it was just like an absolute nightmare yeah. so to have yeah. something that's quite robust like that albeit that sits on top um I'm not really sure on how it compares performance-wise, but like just sits on top nice and easy. Oh yeah, it's, 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 it's easy. I mean, back in <laughs> 2004, I was getting started with web design and I used Dreamweaver. I taught myself PHP includes. Um, yeah. it, it was it was so difficult compared with nowadays. It's, it's, it's a joke. It's, it's, it's coming so much. And, 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 and sorry, just in relation to your, your giggle when I um, pressed the bumper noise there as well, it got me thinking, uh, actually, I do things by gut instinct and and do what I like as well. I, I mean, that's what mm. I like to do. I like to create a show and, and put in different sections. And if if the if the guests laugh or the the, the listener laughs, yeah, yeah, that's that's great. If if people hate it, then I guess you're not my audience as well. You know, because I, I, I do things fun. that I like to do. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's brilliant. I absolutely love it. I, I, I'm so, so impressed. Like this is next <laughs> level in, in, in the best possible way. You, you're doing such a good job. So Thank you. I, it was I, fun. I, really it, I enjoy it. Too. <laughs> well, let's move on from something that you currently use to something that you're going to use. So that is next on the list. So what's one marketing activity or tool that you haven't tried yet, but you want to test soon? Um, so we're going to be exploring doing some social advertising for the first time ever. So um, I, I mentioned earlier to you that um, we've grown via word of mouth and, and that is pretty much how we've grown the entire way, um, either that or organic social. So um, I, I'm hot on LinkedIn. It's something that's, you know, important to me and, and, and that's also a source of growth. We're going to be exploring whether paid social can bring in a group of marketers that sort of retain that value that mm. and that that sort of community spirit that we've spoken about um but do so at a rate which is more than it is right now and that's not about growth in the the aggressive sense that you know everyone all speaks about growth as if it's the be all end all mm-hmm. not really bothered about that but what i do think is the community is good so why not share it with more people so uh so yeah we're going to be exploring a little bit of paid advertising so uh to answer your question more directly i don't know what the specific piece of software is just yet but i'm on the lookout for a good bit of paid software uh paid paid social management stuff Mm -hmm. um and it may just be their native platforms i don't know or it might be something like i think there was ad espresso or something like that there um, is yeah i mean i used to be involved in the agency world but i'm i'm long out of that now so i wouldn't be able to give you the best heads up in terms of what people <laughs> are using actively at the moment a lot of people are using the platforms nat- natively as well i mean when you say social mm. advertising would it be linkedin that you try first well, I don't know. So the, the, uh, the cost per click seems really, really high on LinkedIn. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to talk, talk to someone to... recently about LinkedIn and they said that the average cost per click is about $10 and the average cost per lead is okay. between $50 and $100. So it's it's not insignificant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and really, you know, we, we optimise more for the unique experience of the individual but you know when you're doing stuff like that then inevitably the implication is that you'd like to bring in a a decent amount of people you know so as much as you know one person into the community is a great thing if you're spending a hundred dollars on that that seems really really expensive so facebook and insta seem to 
sit more neatly in terms of our expectations of budget, even mm. if it's not necessarily in the, in the context of of business. So it'll be an interesting experiment to uh, to, to see. And I don't know, I'll report back on my LinkedIn perhaps. That'd in, be good. In a few yeah, you do that, and uh, we'll maybe come on another episode in the future. That'd be good as well. I mean, I'm experimenting with yeah, Facebook yeah. ads a little bit as well, and I'm creating mm-hmm. a video for each episode and spending fifteen pounds. Um, and right. the last couple of videos, uh, I've got something like forty thousand views to the. the the, the videos and also um, allegedly um, about four thousand clicks um, through right. to my site. But with with Facebook, it appears that the majority of those people that click don't end up on your website. They maybe click for a second and then go back. So it's 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 a strange platform. You have to yeah, get used yeah. to, it, I guess. Yeah, I mean that that would be insane. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I am targeting people there. around the world, so I, I do get a lot right. of clicks from um, many countries outside the UK and, and um, the US. Um, so yeah, it yeah. may not necessarily be what you want to do, but I think a lot of clicks and views are available around the world that are mm. that are cheaper. So that could be appealing. Yes. I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's a very, very good thought. Interesting. I'm intrigued. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's move on to... The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions here. Mm -hmm. Just two rules. Try not to think about the answer too much. And you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. So use it wisely. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) TikTok or Twitter? TikTok. Facebook or LinkedIn? LinkedIn. YouTube or podcast? Uh, YouTube. <laughs> Traffic or leads? Traffic. Paid search. No, leads. Paid <laughs> <laughs> okay, search or SEO? SEO. Ads or influencers? <laughs> he didn't say neither. So. <laughs> uh, ads. <laughs> Google ads or Facebook ads? Mm, uh, Google ads. Email marketing or chat marketing? Email. Martech Stack or all in one platform? Uh, both. <laughs> one to one or scale? One to one. I think we made it. I think we got the reason we were. I, I, um, I, heard, I heard a repeated time uh, clock there. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, you, you, you struggled with a couple, wasn't it? Was it was it paid search or SEO that you you struggled with? No, so I mean, SEO is quite a clear one. I think you mm. said ads or influencers. Okay, um, yeah, and you, you said neither I, for that one, didn't you? Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think the interesting thing about. Um, you know, obviously that's just a lot of fun. I think the interesting thing about marketing these days is that it's often reduced to uh, total statements, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this or that. And uh, of course the context is important, right? So, you know, I, I, the context for uh, influencers, if I'm looking to, you know, help with specific things that will suit the strengths of influencers, then then I'd go there, you know, otherwise it may be ads uh, elsewhere. So uh, I guess, in that specific context with that specific answer, um, I'm almost channel agnostic in a, in a lot of ways, you know, mm. it's the right tool for the, the right job at the right time type yeah. of thing. Um, yeah. But I enjoy yeah, it. So you're sounding like Mark Ritson now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I spent too long listening to his stuff. I mean, he, he's spot on with a lot of stuff, so it's really, really interesting, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, you, you say it's a, it's a bit of fun. It is a bit of fun, but um, what it tends to give me is just just one or two answers that i didn't expect and an opportunity to drill deeper into that and i think i think it probably mm-hmm. did with you as well 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was there any more? Was there was out of interest? Did any did any come up there where you're like, oh, that's interesting? Or <laughs> I, I, I normally do fairly good. I don't remember every single one. I, I think I I just think your 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 answer that you just gave. You know, it's your channel agnostic. You you don't like to commit. I think a lot of your answers were forced, and you didn't feel particularly passionate about one over the other. And I think that was probably the yeah. biggest finding for me. For sure, I, th- I think the only the only exception to that rule is probably LinkedIn, uh, which yeah, has yeah, been, that's right, yeah, uh, particularly useful and good. It's the upside down social media network at the moment, and that reach is good, whereas the other ones are, are cutting reach. LinkedIn seems, still seems to be giving it out. Do you use um, LinkedIn to schedule events? Uh, we we literally started in the past couple of weeks, okay. um, and I would say that it's not been particularly successful in terms of organic reach. I would say that um, the mechanism where you can invite your connections uh, is is important. And if you're going to be doing that, I would say that it's an interesting feature in LinkedIn where um, if you go into the app, and I don't know if it's replicated on their desktop experience, but you can when you reject an event, uh, it sort of says, do you still want us to send you uh, event invites? Mm-hmm. And like, it just seems like a really interesting thing to me because it's almost them acknowledging that event invites are a little bit annoying if they're out yeah. of context. And like, it's almost like they've they've created this function, but don't quite believe in it enough. Um, so I think it could be really, really powerful. And I was fortunate enough to be actually be on the beta for it. Mm. So they've actually upped it a lot since, since they started with it. Um, but I think they've still got a little while to go on uh, on it as well. I, I tried it about a year ago or so, and I don't think they had the functionality to generate leads as part of it back then. And I, I got mm-hmm. a few hundred people to sign up to an event, but not many people showed. But then I spoke to Bob Lowe on episode 251, and he said mm-hmm. afterwards that um, he was having an incredible amount of success and he was lead- using it to generate leads. And, and now they've got this obviously lead capture form that's integrated in it, and I was intending on giving it a go again. But now I'm, mm-hmm. now I'm deflated by your answer there and I'm thinking, maybe <laughs> no, it's no, not that good. <laughs> well, no, don't be deflated. As I say, you know, everything's in your own context, right? And, and mm. so a lot of the marketing meetup audience um, are now on our list, you know, and, and and so the truth of the matter is that if we send an email, then we're going to get a lot of signups through that way. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn is almost like a supplementary thing, you know, but, and for that reason, we haven't done an awful amount of testing on it. Now that does sound like an over-reliance on one platform, but right now it's okay, you know, so um, I think uh, it's worth testing and that's why we're testing it. Um, and I don't have the answers. I've just got experiences. So, okay. let's move on to the ten thousand dollar question if i were to give you ten thousand dollars and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business what would you spend it on and how would you measure success so i had three answers for this that came to mind i appreciate i've got to pick one of them in the moment but um the the three places that it could go would be um people advertising or the third is that we're soon to be starting a market meetup grant as well, uh, a grant system. And the reason for that is that I've been fortunate over these past few years. And, and so generally speaking, I think you have to put the ladder down behind you if you're going to help you know, to, you know, bring other people up to the level that you've got to over the years. So, so I wouldn't spend the 10,000 on that because um, I think there's other ways that we're helping people still um, and through 
um, those activities, then we can make the grant more significant. But I think that was that was the third thought. The second thought was uh, about people. And so something that I'm hysterically bad at is uh, is stuff like email, like replying to one-to-one email and stuff like that. And I, I really don't enjoy it. I, I find email there. Um, I enjoy a two-way interaction, which is like jovial and, and then and done, but I'd far rather have a phone call or something like that. So um, the first hire for the marketing meetup is definitely going to be like a logistics person, someone who can come in and, and do like uh, – do email, do the, the do the clicky stuff, <laughs> which uh, I'm not very good at because I, I tend to lose my attention. It's just not one of my strengths, whereas there are people out there who would be far better at that. So that would be the second option. So, and then so the I'm just, option just, just, just before we get onto the first one, actually, you might be interested in a service mm-hmm. called Inbox Done by Yarrow Starek, uh, inboxdone.com. Uh, and he actually specializes in getting people to manage inboxes, um, people with supposed to systems. So, um, Interesting. Nice. Well, I'm writing that down right now because I am very interested in that. So thank you very much. Okay. I appreciate that. Uh, you may have just changed my life. So, <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> if, if it um, sounds good, say I sent you. If it sounds bad, say someone else did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I will do. I will do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, that would be the second one. But maybe I don't need that anymore. So, if I don't need that anymore, then the first one with ads. Um, and the reason why that is, is that we have never done it before. So, it's an experiment. You know, it's an experiment to see whether we can bring people into the community who will add as much to the community as the folks we've brought in organically can too. Um, oh, and what would your and, natural instinct be in terms of type of ad to experiment with initially? Well, the truth is that I feel like we're providing a ton of value from the market to me. Like the content that we're putting out is frankly ridiculous at this stage. You know, the speakers we're getting are amazing. It doesn't speak to me. It speaks to the value of, of the speakers we're getting along and, and, and the value of the community. Um, so there feels like there's an opportunity for a bit more top of funnel awareness through snippeting up, you know, Rory Sutherland's great quotes and sort of doing a bit of an awareness piece on that. Mm-hmm. If we can get people into the Facebook group via that way, that seems great. Um, but then the other way of advertising really would probably be more like carousel picture based uh with just the speakers that we've got from the upcoming webinars Mm -hmm. um i feel like folks would come in i think people almost need to experience it to a certain extent to understand you know what it's like to go to a marketing meetup webinar where people are there you know genuinely supporting each other chatting enjoying the process so if we can get people in on a a more functional basis sort of seeing these amazing speakers and then really 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 enjoying the experience of it too then uh i think they're far more likely to stay in the community as well so uh i think probably picture based carousel based uh using the speakers as as the hook um and then you know, sort of going from there, I think. I think that would be my gut instinct, but it needs to be tested. Great thoughts. Well, to finish off, let's finish uh, Let's finish by shifting the focus to someone else who deserves it. So that is a magical marketer. So who's an up-and-coming marketer that you'd like to give a shout-out to? What can we learn from them and where can we, where can we find them? <laughs> so you and I had a little discussion about this one before we, we <laughs> went live, right? Because uh, I was a little bit nervous about this because there's too many. Um there's a few. So the first is a a, a girl called uh, Claudia Cardinelli. She is she works for Great Influence, um, which is run by a guy called Ash Jones. Uh, Cl- Claudia is an amazing 
uh, personal branding uh, sort of expert at this stage. Um, she's definitely going to be one of the up and coming people in the industry. Uh, she's a very relatable writer, um, but she's good fun as well. She's, you know, and she knows, she knows her stuff about personal branding. So, so that would be my first recommendation. I think the things you could learn from her would be about humility in, in work. Uh, I think you can learn about personal branding from her. Um, and I think she's a good egg. Uh, the next would be, uh, Orinko Kagbala. Uh, he is a videographer based, uh, in Thetford. Uh, and he is putting his heart and soul really in, into creating some great video content that is just good fun as well. Uh, he often films it at home by himself uh, and, and sort of does characters and stuff like that. But he's really, 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 really cares about great videography and great photography. Um, and so, you know, as a, as a young up and coming raw uh, videographer, photographer, then, then uh, O, as he's known, uh, is a really, really good lad. Um, I'll, I'll give a third one. And, and Sophie's less up and coming but maybe not as well known in the broader marketing community, uh, but very well known in the freelancer community. So uh, Sophie Cross, uh, she's the editor of a new magazine called Freelancer Magazine, but she's also got a background in marketing consultancy. Um, as someone who's built their own community, but has also made an effort to elevate other people and create a really valuable resource for, for her community of freelancers, then uh She's just a phenomenal human being. And I, I think the things that you can learn from her are about proactivity, about giving. She's very, very good on Twitter. Um, and, you know, just a really smart person. She's also just raised a, a massively oversubscribed um, Kickstarter campaign as well. So she, she knows a thing or two about that sort of stuff as well. So, uh, so yeah, those would be three probably slightly more under the radar people. Uh and then you can speak about the Harry Dries and the, the Carrie Roses of the world, but they're all really, really well known anyway. So uh, it's good to give someone else a place in the sun. Superb. Um, and you also win the award for the three hardest names to spell and actually look up and find. So I'm going to have to get you get links from you afterwards. I normally do a quite good job of searching their names and actually finding their LinkedIn uh, profiles um, as we're actually discussing. But I, I can't do that this time, I'm afraid. So uh, I'll, I'll get that from you afterwards. Um, look, this was episode 253 of Digital Marketing Radio, where Joe Glover from The Marketing Meetup shared some wonderful tips about um, focusing on fun and enjoyment. Um, getting that feeling right to begin with about what you're doing, not ROI, putting the community first um, and then they'll naturally uh, serve each other and you'll you'll win over the long term for that, but you can't focus on ROI. Um, He's had wonderful guests recently like Mark Ritson and Rory Sutherland as well, so you're obviously doing lots of things right. Your secret software, Joe, was uh, Google Data Studio. You also mentioned ConvertKit um, and also for your Marketing Meetup Plus, Divi and MemberPress. Your next on the list was um, social advertising, namely probably LinkedIn and Facebook advertising. Your magical marketers, Claudio, Gardinelli, uh, Enrico Tagbala and Sophie Cross. I think I got those names right, but I will certainly make sure that um, I include um, all the links um, to that in the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. Joe, what's the best social platform for someone to follow you and say hi? Uh, LinkedIn, 100%. Uh, I'm just Joe Glover. I'm the bull guy with glasses. 
Okay, superb. Look, I will make sure there's a link, obviously, to Joe in the, the, the show notes there as well. I've been your host, Eva Bain. You can also find me producing podcasts and YouTube shows for B2B brands over at castingcred.com. Until we meet again, stay hungry, stay foolish, and stay subscribed. Aloha. DigitalMarketingRadio.com DigitalMarketingRadio.com DigitalMarketingRadio DigitalMarketingRadio DigitalMarketingRadio.com Digital